You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Some praise and Brother Derek, amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? We're good? Amen. God is good, isn't he? He is certainly good all the time. And um, I give thanks to the Lord who has been the author and finisher of my faith. I, I tell you, when I was listening to you, Pastor Art, talk about uh, tithing and offering, I'm a firm believer in tithing. Uh, even uh, some of the some people that you wouldn't think tithe actually do, some secular uh, actors and actresses that maybe don't go to church, they believe in the principle of tithing. Um, and so I can tell you that just in my experience in tithing, uh, in the last uh, maybe maybe 15 to 16 years, God has never lied. His word cannot come back void. Come on, church. His word will never come back void. I, I'll share a quick testimony. Um, I, my, my wife and I, we have been going through the process of buying a new house. We, we, are, we already own a home, but uh, we were looking for a new house. And, and, you know, it's funny, like we were looking at homes over in this area. Um, and so we, we looked in Henderson close because we both, you know, we work at the same institution and, and all of that. But uh, it didn't work out that way. So we began to look out this way and something came open. And, and I'll just, I'm not going to get into the details, amen. But I can tell you that uh, what we are getting for it and what they initially were asking for it is nothing short of the blessings of the Lord. Come on, somebody. That's all I'm going to say. You know, we shared, uh, we shared it with our, with our pastors, um, and they know, and we showed them the place. And, the, and there's still some preliminary things that we're working out. Uh, we've been approved uh, for the loan, and, and someone has agreed to buy our home. But as you know, if you've ever bought a home or dealt with anyone who has bought a home, there's often these little things that you have to tie up at the last minute. Amen. <clears throat> so pray for us. Um, but I can tell you that tithing is not, it's not just predicated on if I give to God, he's going to give me back something monetarily. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes the repayment comes back in the form of health in your body. Doesn't always work like the way we think. You think if we give 10%, then a year from now we'll have a new Mercedes. Nah, that ain't how it works. You know, uh, let me tell you something. I want a Bentley like everybody else. Amen. He may not give us everything that we want, amen, but he will certainly give us what we need. Amen. So just give God some praise, man, because we are, you know, we are a blessed church. We are a blessed church. I, I know that, I know there are some, some churches um, that really get fought in their finances. The people will not give for whatever reason that is. And so um, uh, I just give honor to God that I'm in a fellowship that believes in giving. Uh, and hopefully one day when it's my time, people will give too, amen? <laughs> whatever that means, amen? And so you got to speak those things as if they already are. 
well, <laughs> uh, be careful what you ask for, amen, <laughs> amen, but just, but truly, I just want to give honor to God again, and, and really our pastors, but also my wife in her absence, and I'm grateful to have my daughter here. I, I got to shout out all the moms who do it every day, who get their kids together and, and do everything they got to do and get out the door, and I, I was, I was fretting. I had to feed her, bathe her, and then I had to get her here, and every, it seemed like every time I would turn around, she was into something, and I'm like, Lord, if you don't get Sat down real quick, you know, but uh, don't sit down, but sat down, you know, <laughs> but she's, uh, but I, I love my daughter. You know, we have another little girl coming, so it's a house full of girls. Ooh, break out the shotgun, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, break it out. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm grateful for what the Lord has given me, and so uh, I just, um, I just want to share a little bit t- tonight. Can I do that? Amen. Can I do that? I, I believe that God uh, is speaking to his people, um, and it's not a comfortable conversation that we often have, but often when he is speaking, it's because he has a divine purpose for our life. Amen. And so I just want to uh, come by to remind us of how good God is. Can I do that? Come on, somebody. Our scripture comes out of 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 14. That's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 14. And when you get there, just say amen. That's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 14. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. That's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 14. Hallelujah. And it reads as such, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Somebody say he called him. Samuel answered, here am I, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Uh, The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli 
everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I am about, for, for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you are going to do in this place. Lord, first of all, I ask that everything in this house come under subjection, that we would open our hearts and our ears to what you have to say. Lord, I am merely just a man, a man, nothing more than flesh. But God, you are sovereign. You are spirit. You are truth. Let your word be sovereign in this place and be truth in this place for those who are struggling. We cast out everything that is not like you, Lord. Lord, you forgive us for our sins, Lord, and you call us into a direction of promise. Thank you for being who you are. Now, Lord, let this word resonate in our lives so that we would change and that we would be change makers. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Church, can I, can I, can I tell you something tonight? I want you to, get on to hold on to this real quick. He called out my name. He called out my name. Uh, see, you know when our faith walk gets a little rocky, I believe it is easy to find ourselves imagining a time when things made sense to us. Uh, and especially when trouble hits, as it always does or seems to always does, the human nature inside of us uh, seems to cause us to reminisce on times that were of comfort. Can somebody just get with that for a second? Uh, but looking back on where we came from can stir up some things in us if we are to be truthful. Uh, for some of us, when we think about where we came from 10 years ago, we either cringe or smile. Uh, maybe we do a little bit of both. For others, uh, burying the past is something that is a part of our everyday survival. Uh, see, the secular world will tell you, church, that your past often informs your present and future. Uh, and as though as Christians, we should separate ourselves from this manner of thinking, uh, because if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Uh, I think it is worth thinking about where we came from for the sake of this evening. Can we do that? Come on, somebody. Yeah, see, uh, I wonder if most of us remember when God called out our name. Yeah, say, so do we remember what it was like when God called out to us? What was happening at that very moment when he called out to you? Uh, see, were we experiencing sickness in our bodies? Were we high? Uh, were we at the altar? Uh, were we at the club? Did we feel God enter our physical space as if we were in a phone booth? Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, did he call to us in a rehab facility? Did his voice echo through that beer bottle we were drinking out of? Uh, what was our reaction? Did we run? Did we cry? Did we fall out? Uh, uh, did we think we were hearing voices? 
in that moment, did we recognize it was time to come home? Uh, did we understand that in Christ, he could give us the home we never thought we could have? Come on, somebody. Uh, church, no matter what questions you may have, here's the thing that you need to understand. If you are sitting here today, you are not sitting here by your own volition. You are sitting here because somebody, Jesus Christ, called out your name. Come on, somebody. Yeah, see, this is what you need to understand. Uh, in spite of all the things that have taken place in our lives, he called out to us. No matter what our story was, he called to us. And how great is our God, church, that even though he had the goods on us, he knew what we were capable of doing, he understood our human frailty, he still called to us and gave us a lifeline. My God from glory. He gave us a lifeline. God is awesome in so many ways, church. You need to hold on to that tonight. Uh, but where he stands alone from everybody else in the universe is that he doesn't discriminate. Uh, see, he'll call you when you are nine, but when you are 99, come on, somebody, he will call you when you are staring at the cross and staring down the barrel of a gun. Come on, somebody. He's awesome, church. Yeah, see, his voice is so powerful that he only has to speak to us once in a lifetime and we will still remember what he said because he breathed life into us. Oh God, can anybody test him to testify today that God called out to him? Is there anybody in here that understands that they are here because he called to you? If you believe that, you ought to shout glory today. Hallelujah. Come on, church. The Bible declares in verse 4 that, Samuel, that the Lord called to Samuel. He called to him. Samuel was a child ministering under the prophet Eli. Uh, now, what was so powerful about this text uh, was that it lets us know right away that God wasn't speaking to his prophets, and yet he decides to speak to a child. Now, historians will remind us uh, that although God spoke directly to Moses and Joshua during the time of the Old Testament, uh, his word became almost non-existent, get this, during the 300 years of rule by judges. That's a long time, church, to not speak to his prophets. Now, Eli is a prophet, but God wasn't speaking, church. Samuel was a boy, and yet God called him not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. He called to him. He called to him that many times, and he hadn't spoke to any of his prophets in 300 years. That's the time. God had need of Samuel to deliver his word after 300 years of silence. Church, get this. The first thing we need to recognize is that God called our name not in vain, uh, but for a purpose. Are you with me? Uh, from the moment he said or heard him, things were essentially set in motion uh, where his will be, he would get the glory out of our lives. Do you understand tonight? When, when I was an undergrad, uh, in college, and I remember, and I spent my my four four to five years in college working as a waiter, uh, and it's something that I did because it was easy money and I was good at it. But watch this: when I got saved, things began, and it seemed like as I gave my life, to, I hadn't had that moment really where where God spoke audibly to me. But I remember being on the job, all of us, and it was it was on a Friday night in the middle middle of a busy. Now I had five tables that I had to serve. But God said, go to the bathroom real quick. 
I went to the bathroom. He just said, I want you to know that I love you, and I have a plan for your life. And I began to in that bathroom stall. Now, mind you, it was standing room only. It was a two-hour wait. But let me tell you something. God doesn't care when there's chaos in your life. He doesn't care what you're doing. You can call dealership. You can be on your job. You can be in the crack house. But let me tell you, when he calls to you, you better come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Huh. I'm here to tell you tonight that if you haven't experienced him calling out your name, don't be worried, just be ready. Don't be worried, just be ready. You say, don't worry, be happy. Don't be worried, just do what? Just be ready. Okay, be ready. Every time God called to Samuel, he replied back, here I am. Now this moment was one of the first cases of a person saying yes to God in the Old Testament. Whew. God had a purpose for Samuel's life. Can I tell you something? Just as he has a purpose for your life, he has a purpose for life. Do you believe that tonight? He doesn't care how old you are, how feeble you are in your body. When he said you're going to do it, can I tell you something? You're going to do it. Yeah, see, but all too often when God calls to us, we often go the other way instead of searching uh, for his voice. It's the same analogy, church. Get this. When we get lost in, in, in a store somewhere in Macy's or Target and someone has to call our name in the front of the store. Now, instead of us going to the front of the store, we go to the back. That's the same analogy, right? We go to the back when they're calling us to the front. Church, get this. God has called us uh, not to run to the back of to what we once knew. He's calling us to his divine purpose and to move forward. Come on, somebody. Yeah, see, Samuel was so young, church, get this in the text, and ignorant to who God was uh, that he called on the only voice that he had ever known, which was Eli. But here was the dilemma. Samuel was running to a man, church, Eli, who didn't necessarily have favor with God. Eli didn't have favor with God. Let me, can I tell you something? Eli's sons were out of control and were an offense to the house of God. And yet God's chosen was running to the unchosen, looking for affirmation and direction. Isn't that just like folks? You got to be careful who you speak to about your destiny. Because let me tell you something. You could be among the unchosen. And they could speak something over your life that is not godly. Huh, see, church, the second thing I need us to remember is this. Expect the unexpected. We have to expect the unexpected, church. Because if we don't, let me tell you something. We're going to get caught slipping. Yeah, see, Samuel was prompted by Eli to lie back down and to answer if the Lord had called to him. And God will do the same for us, church. Can I tell you something? He will do the same for us. He can use someone who isn't necessarily so eloquent isn't so nice, isn't so saved, if he can make the rocks cry out, clearly he can speak to, okay. Yeah, see, but when he calls you something, he calls you. The end. Yeah. Let me tell you. That's it. When he calls to you, he calls to you. Now get this. When I first got saved, I don't know why I've been reminiscing. I got saved almost 18 years ago. But when I first got saved, uh, or right before I first got saved, excuse me, uh, there, was a, there was a guy uh, that, that I was friends with during this time. His name was Josh. And Josh had gotten, given his life to Christ. Now, I was still living in the same house as his best friend who was, they had all gotten saved, and I was the last one holding out, having a great time. Oh, I was holding out. I was drinking Belvedere and everything. I was like, I ain't thinking about Jesus. 
Oh, it's the truth. I wasn't. I was going to parties, doing all that. You know, bumping my rap music in my Maxima. You know, you, you couldn't have told me I wasn't a rapper during that time. Right? But I thought I was cool. I did. Let me tell you something. Can I, can, can I tell you something? He walked up on me. Now, let me tell you. Josh didn't know a lot of scripture. He was new in the Lord. He was a babe in Christ. He is what we call, he had a lot of zeal, but not a lot of knowledge. He had a great deal of zeal, but he didn't have a lot of knowledge. Can I tell you what he walked up on me and said? He said, brother, I truly discern if you don't give your life to Christ, something's going to happen to you. That's what he said. Now, I'm like, I ain't thinking about Jesus. I'm drinking vodka. I'm having a great time. I'm going to parties. I'm going down to Miami. I'm flying out. I'm having a great I'm not thinking about Jesus. And as soon as he said that the seed was sown, let me tell you something. God began to deal with me. Can I tell you something? That's how it works, church. Let me say, Samuel wasn't God's chosen and didn't, he was God's chosen and didn't even know it. Don't you realize that when people speak before you even understand who you are, they may recognize that you are God's chosen. Come on, uh, see, what you have to understand, one could naturally expect that God would have spoken to the senior prophet in Eli of the tabernacle. You would think that he would have spoke to him, but church, get this. The ark of God was housed only a few feet from where they slept. It was only a few feet. It wasn't far. Eli was older, more established. He was supposed to be chosen, but God's sovereignty isn't governed by who we are and what we have, can I tell you something? Uh, it is predicated on our faith. That's what it's predicated on, church. It's predicated on our faith. When God wants to use you, he will go to the depths to do so. Let me tell you, when he calls you right here in the church, he can call you in Philippines. He can call you in Chihuahua, in Mexico, uh, in Africa. He can call you where he wants to call you. In the crack house, in the trap house, when God calls to you and has use for you. I said Chihuahua, I know. He will use unexpected channels to find you. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all didn't think I knew about Chihuahua? See, don't y'all know I've been going to this church for four years? What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> okay. Church Eli was an Old Testament priest with a new age dilemma. Huh, see, he had all of these titles and accolades, much like we see today, afforded to someone in his position, uh, but he lacked the most important thing that we need, and that is direction. Oh God, we need direction, church. You can't be out here without direction. I'm a firm believer that what separates effective leaders from those who are ineffective is direction. Eli was moved by religion, by tradition. And that is why he couldn't direct Samuel toward the voice of God the first time. How many times did, let me ask you a question, let me quiz you. How many times did Eli go back? Or excuse me, did Samuel go back? How many? That's right, okay. Be careful of getting around religious folks because God may be far from them, come on. Yeah, see that's why the Lord told Jeremiah your ancestors were far from me because they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. Whoo, God. Y'all still coming on that chihuahua thing? Yeah. Don't sleep on your boy now. Don't sleep on me now. Religious folks. Can I tell you something? Religious folks render themselves worthless for the kingdom of God. Thank you, brother. They are a liability to the establishment of God's true holy word and the establishment of the Christ movement in the earth. 
They are a true hindrance, religious folks are. Huh, come on, somebody. The next time, and I want you to get this. I'm going to give you an assignment. The next time somebody meets your problem with religiosity, why don't you do this and ask them, when is the last time they heard from God? Okay. Because it's quite possible, listen to what I'm saying, that you are in the presence of an Eli. Oh. Whew, I'm almost done, church. Last thing. Can I tell you something? Last thing. Let the spirit take over. You got to let the spirit of the living God take over in your Samuel heard the voice of God calling out his name. And immediately he made himself available. And the Bible declares, get this, Sister Shannon. It declares that the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. He spoke to a boy about being a prophet unto the nations. From the moment that Samuel said, here I am, speak to me, he was given instructions. Oh, God, I need us tonight to answer the call, church. If you believe you have a call on your life and God has spoke to you, that God has placed on your life, I need you to answer that call. Let me tell you, my first couple of years of being saved, I was under a ministry. I've not talked about this since I've been here for, for obvious reasons. It, I don't believe that you should always talk about what's happened in your past, especially if it's not necessarily good. You just give it to God. But for the sake of tonight, I will talk about it. This particular leader that I was under, um, for whatever reason, he had a real problem with me, and I don't know why. And I was young in the Lord. I wasn't out of order. Everything that I believed that he asked me to do, I tried to do. But I couldn't figure out what his problem was until one night. There was his spiritual father came and ministered, uh, and then he prophesied to some people and I was saying, I didn't know anything about prophecy, none of that. I was just newly saved. I had not been saved even like a year or so. I was just glad to be saved. I just glad that God just thought enough of me to save me. And so I'm sitting in there. I remember like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in the, in the pew, and, and he said, come here, son. He looked at me, and I'm like, mm? you know, so I walk up, and he's like, let me tell you something. God has a plan for your life, and he's going to use you mightily. And he's called you to something I can't talk to you about right now because you're not ready. He said, but let me tell you, when you begin to walk in it, people's lives are going to be changed, not by your hand because God is working through you. That's what he said. And let me tell you something. From the moment that he said that thing, I was treated differently. I went to the pastor and I asked, sir, may I ask what he meant by that? He said, don't worry about it. I said, okay. Then I asked six months later, don't worry about it. Then I asked a year later, don't worry about it. Then he said, you know what? You ain't got to worry about it because you ain't called anyway. That's what he said. I believed that for a long time. And I wonder sometimes, can I, can I just be transparent for a minute? I wonder sometimes what it would have been like if I would have been in a ministry like here and not around an Eli. See, there's a difference. There's a difference when you get around godly leadership and then when you get around an Eli. See, when you're around an Eli, your whole life can be destroyed. I could have been destroyed, but God saw it fit to use me despite of all of that. I would eventually go on and leave. You know, I left the right way. You know, I went to him and said, you know, I think it's time for me to move on. He didn't agree, spoke publicly about me and all these things. It, it was borderline witchcraft. Let me just call it what it was. Okay, it was just borderline witchcraft. I can see it now. I couldn't see it then, but it was. And so I went to another church, and I'm telling you, it wasn't even a year that God began to use me, church. 
Can I tell you something? When he calls your name, you better listen. Come on, somebody. I'm done. Y'all can come. See, church, the Bible declares that the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. and He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Church, Samuel was young. He was inexperienced. He didn't have a position like his predecessor, but God called his name and he answered. That's what happened. You may not have all the accolades that everybody else has, but when God calls to you, he plans to use you mightily. He doesn't qualify mess. Can I tell you something? He does not do that. When God calls to you and he calls your name to do something, you can best believe he will give you all the rights needed to be a life changer, not only in your community, in your church, but globally. Come on, give God some praise, church. Church, is there anybody in the house tonight who is ready to answer the voice of God? Because can I tell you something? He loves us, church, unconditionally. God called us because he, requ he requires more of me than you. He requires more of us. God called our name. No matter whether we were in mess or not, he called to us. What are we going to do with that tonight? Now we have to ask to answer the question, ask the question to ourselves. Are we willing to respond to when God calls us? Can I tell you something, church? Don't be afraid. Do you love him? Come on, give God some praise. I'm done. I'm done. I just want to encourage somebody tonight because I understand that, that when you start talking about calling, the calling of God and, and God calling your name, that can be intimidating. But can I tell you, God, even when he calls you, he understands that you are in a process and he is in control of that process. He is in control of that process. He does not necessarily need your help. He only wants you to say what? Yes, here I am. That's all he wants. We have to ask ourselves tonight, why are we here? Are we in this thing just to say we're in this thing or are we in this thing to answer the call. I don't know who it was the other, I think it was at the conference. Uh, we, were, we, we were talking about that, and I, and I don't know, I think Pastor Art or somebody said, like, I've given my life to this. Even if, I, even if I tried to walk away, I couldn't. Where else could I go? I have nowhere else to go. Let me tell you something. When God calls your name, you know it without a shadow of a doubt. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you. You know it without a shadow of a doubt. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Even when you try to get away from it. Lord knows, can I tell Can I tell myself tonight? There have been times in my 18 years of being saved that I've tried to get away from it. Angry. said, this ain't for me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He'll remind you. He has a way of reminding you. You know? Remember, like, the, the first, first, like, 10 years I was saved, I, I kind of got in my feelings a little bit, got in the fence, and, and I called myself trying to, to, to do what I wanted to do 